1: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Roker Report. This week finds us once more at the foot of the table, having spurned a guilt-edged opportunity to take any points from fellow relegation candidate Swansea. I'm joined as ever by long-standing suffering fans, Gav. Gav, how are you feeling today, mate?
2: Not the best, Mia. not the best, not could the be best. worse though. we could be, uh, Hartlepool, <laughs> something, yeah, Hartlepool. How
3: are you doing, James? Uh, not the best, getting over the norovirus, but all right. No
1: one's feeling tip top. Tom, what about the weather in Florida? Is that cheering you up? Is that some sort of consolation?
0: Ah, it's nice today. It's near About 30 Celsius today.
1: Jesus, it's cold uh, <laughs> it,
0: was cu- it was cold last week, like it was <laughs> it's down like, to six, 16 Celsius. So. It's like
1: going on Monday it's after been, every loss. It's bit chilly. Oh, sorry, I'll just go to Florida. <laughs> it's fine. Don't panic. <laughs> Callum, how are you doing, buddy? I'm um, back down to earth. Back down to earth. Back down to earth. Good times. Mm. Well, I suppose we should get started with uh, how terrible Sunderland were yesterday. For me, they never got out of first gear. Oh, Gav, what happened in Wales?
2: Eh, uh, yes. What did happen in Wales? It's it's uh it's unexplainable to be honest. Well, actually, you know what is explainable? It's Sunland and. We're quite prone to these type of things. If you think everything's all right, and then all of a sudden we shoot ourselves in the foot again because that's what we did. I mean, Swansea uh, deserved the win, but I mean, we gifted them a lot of those goals through poor defending mainly. And uh, just as we thought would would turn the corner, it it felt as though that yesterday was a huge step back, especially knowing who we've got on Wednesday night. Um, I thought anything other than a loss was a good result beforehand I, th- I think you've got to you've got to kind of respect swansea and and acknowledge that they've got some decent players and that they can turn it on on the day like any team can in this league but we we just did not turn up at all the players who've been standing out in recent weeks were very poor um and and above all else we just we just weren't there we, i think the players maybe thought that the were was just going to turn up mm. because Swansea are having a poor spell, mm. and we we are in a good run. And I thought I thought that maybe the, we just didn't look we didn't look prepared, and we, we kind of set up in a way which um, which didn't suit us. Strangely, after watching us play so well for three or four games in a certain way, we decided to change everything. And obviously, Watmore's injury didn't help. But I mean. Overall, the way we set up, started the game, kind of killed us.
1: Well, I think the general consensus from most of the fans beforehand was that we were going to take at least a point, wasn't it? We were all feeling pretty confident, mm. obviously off the back of the display against Leicester. And uh, although Leicester weren't on their best, <laughs> they, they proved that the other day as well. Um, yeah, I, I, that's what I took from the game as well. Pretty much, that sums it up for me. Yeah. I, I saw no one turn up. Um, the players that were really trying they weren't getting any service like to be honest I don't think anyone can blame Inichibi for anything that happened yesterday we we're all putting a lot of pressure on him as this like this man mounting this tank that's going to come in and change every in fact we said in the last podcast like how do you defend against be? well
3: I think that's how wouldn't you agree yeah I'd agree um, I thought I thought we were really poor um really not, not good enough Um, not to score against a team who concede as many goals as Swansea do is is massively disappointing. Um, We really didn't turn up in that second half. I think Bob Bradley said before the game that it was their biggest game of the season and they played like it, didn't they? They, We looked complacent, they didn't. I think Callum made a good point on Twitter prior to the game where he said that the fact that Leon Britton came in was actually a big downfall for us because... Um, He'll add a bit of passion and drive because you know he's he's one of these fan favourites and he certainly did. I actually think he was probably the difference. Um, it was, I think maybe a bit of perspectives needed. We we've, we've won three of the last four. There's a reason that we are and have been fighting relegation for the past few years and probably and will do this year. We can't win any every week, like can we? But I mean, Billy Jones was missing the first half was was pretty poor to me. I think if he puts that away, I don't think he should pull it back to Defoe. I think he should pull the, pull the trigger. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think everyone I was think... screaming at the telly. Slash, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, think, <laughs> I agree. Uh, I think David Moyes, he's, he's, well, he's made the right decisions in the past few weeks, but but on Saturday, for me, he, he should have started Jan Kirchhoff in place of Denier and and probably Larson in the place of Pena. Um, I thought the second half performance against Leicester was was fantastic, and partly down to those two. Um, Larson, for me, hasn't been a forward player for years. I mean, God knows why he was playing that far forward. For me, he's a he's a busy midfield player, not someone who you push that high up the park. Um, yeah, a thoroughly disappointing evening. It sums it up really doesn't it? <laughs> you mentioned
1: you mentioned Pino, right? We've got a question, and it isn't the first, the only one we've been asked about him. But um, Dan asks, can you see Moyes dropping Pinar? He seems determined to fit him into every game. So what do you say about that, Callum?
4: Um, I think we've already said in, in previous podcasts that David Moyes is a very loyal person um, and sometimes that might get the better of him. I think it's clear that he, he trusts Pienaar to go out on the pitch and um, to give what he's got. Um, Whether what he's got is good enough is is another question entirely. But I think it's clear that Pinar is someone who he definitely trusts to take his message out onto the pitch and to to try and and deliver um, on the the pitch itself. But, you know, I think the the game yesterday was just an example of, first of all, um, our... You know, we've said that if an plays well, we play well and if but it's also key that if the other players if use an properly, if we if we uh, employ him in the right places, we'll play well as well. There was just too many individual errors. I think it's not very I don't think it's particularly fair to pick on, you know, just Pinar or um or, or just Danaer. I think it all in all it was it was a, an underwhelming performance, a lot of mistakes, um poor marking bad defending, poor passing. Um, the one thing I would say that I thought wasn't picked up enough is the second goal uh, from the corner. Mm. If, if, you, if you watch it, um, you wonder, well, how, it, how has it got to that place? How, how is he all alone? And, and there's two clear fouls in the box mm. um, that happened. One on, uh, I think, Mawson's holding uh, Van Arnholt. And and also walks across an each as well, and Amat has literally got a hold of Kone, who fair enough he's lost Lorente for the run, but he's he's getting back towards him, and he would get there otherwise. But Amat literally grabs him. But all in all, I mean, overall we didn't deserve anything. We're we're a poor team and an inconsistent team in a in a poor league. Um, that's that's an inconsistent league as well. I mean, you know, Palace can go and pump Southampton and then get pumped by uh, by um, Swansea and. And you know, Hull can beat Southampton and we can beat Leicester and then Leicester can go and absolutely dominate Man City. It's mm. it's 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 just it's indicative of the league this season where we mustn't get carried away and you know, I think we're just we've been spoilt the last few weeks because obviously it's so rare and we get very excited, you know, Christmas came early sort of thing, yeah. but it's a, it's it's brought us all back down to earth with a thud about just how difficult this season's gonna be, I think. Well I
1: mean talking about like the tactics that were employed uh, Let's start with before the match. The what would you make of it, Tom? More the tactical decisions beforehand to
0: set up for the game. I think on paper, or at least analysing it um, before the game, it looks like it could work. And um, Larson really is the kind of person you would think might be able to take over what Moore's role, just because he's he's quite an energetic player. But he just didn't have the pace or the stamina, I and mean, he's just back from injury, isn't he? And trying to ask him to fulfil that role that Whatmore brings was a real big ask and he just he wasn't he wasn't out for it he wasn't sort of able to do it whatsoever unfortunately. I think what Whatmore brings us is, you know, he gets so much stick for having no end product. But he brings this like really nice balance to the team in in that he made Billy Jones look like a world beater for the last few weeks just because he gives um he gives you so much from the defensive side of things. He's always tracking back. He's always trying his best to sort of to provide as much support as he can. And I just don't think Larson did that. And in all honesty, I was, I was watching the game and I just, I didn't really see Larson much, to be honest. No, he, he wasn't he wasn't really doing much. And I don't know, I don't even know if he really knew what he was supposed to be doing, unfortunately. Mm. I don't know what, um, still though, saying that, I don't know why we moved be over to the right. Because then we had pr trying to fill a sort of left-hand void and he was really good at fulfilling. He was able to track back and be a nuisance all over that left-hand side in attack and defence. And Pienaar, you know, just uh, we've said it so many times, he's like in his mid-thirties. We're trying to make him an out-and-out central midfielder, which he's very limited at, in all honesty, in his skill set. He's too old, and he's too old. And he doesn't have the the attributes to be that central midfielder mm. that David Moyes sees him as, you know. And it's disappointing because. He played well against Leicester, but I think that's because Leicester gave him a lot of time on the ball yeah. against against teams like Swansea that are, are in a desperate fight for their lives and they're going to throw everything at you. He's not really the player for the job, unfortunately. I think, if anything, um, I think it was Callum or Jim made the point, I do think Kirchhoff should have started, and I think that's a little bit of naivety from, or maybe not even naivety, just stupidity from David Moyes. You know, Gilfie Sigurdsson uh, is going to run the show in that game in that hole. Uh, denier wasn't marking him, and dong wasn't marking him. Mm-hmm. i think it would have been nice to have somebody like kirchhoff just a big physical presence who could slow the game down who could frustrate somebody like sigurdsson because he ran the show in all honesty he was absolutely tremendous his set piece delivery was superb why we kept shooting ourselves in the foot and giving stupid free kicks away in dangerous positions i'll not be able to sort of get over that it was it was like I said, it was just shooting yourself in the foot. It was dreadful at times. Well, it's happened, I think it's happened it, a lot
1: in recent years, hasn't it? Our set-piece defending yeah. has been terrible for as long as I can remember. It, yeah, it has.
0: It's, yeah, it really has. And I think the issue, the issue for me, I'm not going to slag David Moyes off because maybe this is just a blip and we come out and we do absolutely fantastic in our next three or four games. But the issue with me is you could see after about 10 minutes it wasn't working and something needed to change. And we kind of persisted until about... Until after halftime, you know, nothing was really done to change anything. And Swansea just sort of took more and more of a, of a grasp on the game and just sort of outperformed us as the game went on. And that that's what irritated me. And I think that is the major flaw in David Moyes' game plan and his tactical nous is that he's too slow to react. I mean, bringing Mankiho on at 3 nil down, what, what is the point? Yeah, of I was going <laughs> to say, what, what do
1: you make of that, Gav? I mean, to defend a 3 nil loss... Why bring on that defender?
2: Um, I don't know what to make of it because I was full of praise for him doing it uh, against Leicester when at that stage of the game it was it was probably the best thing to do. Um, but yesterday, when when you when you're three nil down, it's it's a bit of a bizarre one, isn't it? I can only assume that um, he didn't want to risk Barini uh, considering the, the conditions on the pitch because it was chucking it down like. Um but I don't know. It's it's a hard one. I think when you're three 0 down, maybe you thought it was gonna get worse <clears throat> and you just want to get another defender on. Um it could have been maybe that he just sees Manchio as a midfielder and is somebody who can tidy us up when when things are going bad, I don't know. I, I, I'm struggling to get my head around it. If I'm honest, I'm not, I'm not really too sure what the thing was behind that. It was, it was more than likely that he just wanted to close the game out. Sometimes I've heard, I've seen, I've seen other managers talk about this in the past, where um, you, you're getting tonked, and the next natural thing to do is somebody steps up with a bit of leadership and says, "Look, we don't concede anymore. This is it. We're shut up now. Three nil." And and that's it. And that's not what us as fans want to see. We want to see the team go for it and try and get back in the game. But I think it was it was pretty much lost at that point. Um and getting on another defender was just probably an effort to try and shore us up. It was nothing more or less, I would have thought. Yeah, do you think it was just him
3: he didn't want to see us get absolutely tanked? Um, well, we were though mean
1: mean I get what you mean like we don't want to be completely humiliated but when it really comes mm-hmm. down to it at this stage of the season does it matter if we lose three 0 or six nil I mean yeah you could argue that that goal difference may make the the slightest difference in the in the distant future but that's what it is we've got half the season to play still so for me it should have just been all
3: out I think the men also the the mentality aspect isn't it if you if you, if you get beat, if you get beat 3-0 it's bad if you get beat 4 or 5 it, it's certainly worse um one thing for me was we quite quick to praise um Didier and dong the last the last few weeks but i found him he was he was really poor wasn't he um on saturday i found he, he didn't make much contribution obviously he's going to miss the next game um picked up another booking which is five i think so he makes, misses the next game um but he was he was late to the tackle at a few times. he he looked all lot of sorts, as did Denier. but um who would who would people bring in against Chelsea? I mean, how, how do you how do you plug that gap? do you Do you bring Larson back into midfield with Kershoff and then do you play Kadri for the forward? or what would people do? Well,
1: personally would play Barini. i I think that the reason Barini wasn't brought onto the game was because he's just come back from injury and obviously uh, the, the weather as well. Did yeah, it exactly. weather. yeah absolutely oh, that's what I'd have been thinking anyway, I'd have been thinking look he's going to come here, he's going to come on the pitch and he's going to give it his all he's going to work his arse off for the last 10 minutes do I really want him doing that at this stage or do I want him in better conditions with an extra few days to rest and recuperate or train do you know what I mean and then I'll just bring on a defender and write the whole thing off I honestly think by that point he had, he just written it off, you know, because I mean? we saw Barini stripped down, didn't we? We saw him get ready, and then he obviously just thought to himself, you know what? I don't think it's worth it. Don't think it's worth adding to the injury list. That's what I think, anyway. That's yeah, um,
4: I, can take from it. I mean, I the, the the problem is is that there there is a lack of options at the moment, and and uh, and he clearly doesn't want Casirri in that team. Um I you know i'm not on the training pitch every day i i don't see what he sees but it's clear as well that um obviously kasri is there i think kasri works hard i think he i think this there's there's a kind of myth that because he's this technical player he he isn't willing to track back but we've all seen we've seen him track back we've seen him work hard we've seen him uh put a shift in so there must be something else going on um i i don't I don't think he should play Barini against Chelsea purely because I think it'll be, um, you know, he will be in his own half. He'll literally be a sort of second fullback, um, chasing back. He won't see a lot of the ball. Um, He'll be expected to sort of put his foot in, win the ball back, try and tackle. And, And I think when he's just back from injury it would be better to save him for a game that where we're going to maybe have a bit more of the ball and where we can maybe get at people a bit more. Because one of Brini's greatest strengths is that he works hard, but since he's just back from injury, I think the way Chelsea are playing, it would be a massive ask for him, to, for him to do that role. So there is an argument for him possibly playing Mankio in front of Jones, moving yeah. Larson and Kirchhoff and Danea into midfield. And and lit, your, your out ball is literally just a Nitschaby up against Azpilicueta with Defoe around him and trying to get out that way and that's, that's, that for me is the only way I could see us doing anything but against Chelsea, I don't know I just, I, I just think it wouldn't be the right game to bring Berini we'll in we'll,
1: um, we'll carry on with more about Chelsea momentarily but uh, another, I, I didn't pick a, a select question for this point because there are so many people saying it but it's all about Yanezai and it's basically, the question is generally are we sending him <coughs> back in January? Are we just cutting our losses with him and are we going to do something else? Yes. Yes. I wish. I hope so. Please.
0: (laughs) The issue is, yeah, I mean, he is, but are we paying for his wages? That's the big thing. Because it's a loan deal. We don't know. If we're paying for his wages, Mm. yes, send him back. If we're not, then it raises a a different type of question. You know, if we're not paying for his wages, it's nice just to have a body for free. Uh, who, Who does have some talent, undoubtedly, but... I don't know if it's just he needs a, a run of um a run of appearances to actually get going. I don't know if just he doesn't really care it's it's only Sunderland like he just has to be here. I don't know what it is with him that there's a serious issue, but ultimately he's he's not doing good enough at the minute, and if we are paying for him, it's gonna be a tiny bit of money that we're paying for yeah. him. There might be a um, a case to be made there to get rid of him and reinvest I guess you know yeah i mean he's if
3: we're paying wages for a player like Adnan Yanezai, I at least want to see some graft. Um, there was multiple times in the second half where he's picked up the ball and gone one-on-one with the fullback or or whoever it would be. Uh, he's failed to take on the fullback. The fullback's won the ball and he's just chucked his hands down and he's looked like, oh, I can't really be arsed. I can't, I'm not going to chase back. I'm not going to battle. So for me, th- there is nothing worse. And yes, Kazri may give the ball away a bit more but he's a stronger player. He for me he works as Callum says he works harder. Um I I, I don't see any reason why Adnan Yanazai should be in that team or even that squad. I think he's absolutely mm. awful.
2: You sh- you should have seen him for the under 23s the other week. It was embarrassing to be honest. Was there- I mean, oh, well he scored an absolutely brilliant goal. He was put there was a I don't know if anyone saw his goal but he he got put in over the top. Um we were like defend our goal and Majer played it forward quite High, right over the top, of the two centre halves, and who were on the halfway line with Yanizay because he decided he was playing up front. I don't know what the thinking was behind that, but he he spent the whole game just standing between the two centre halves. Didn't get want the ball. Uh, he couldn't have looked less interested with Moyes in the stand, funnily, and I thought he might have you know try to prove himself, uh, even though it was maybe perceived to be beneath him that sort of uh, game. But he didn't do anything really. Um, and I watched him and he came off after about 50 minutes. He just didn't want to be there. You could just tell. and I don't know. With, a, with someone like Yanzai Zayi, uh, I remember Moyes talking about him when he first came, saying something along the lines of that. Um, Adnan just needs to be loved type of thing. And he's a exactly. good player and he's worked with us before. Mm. And, you know, that, that, that type of player, basically, he's a, he, he can be a bit puffy, but he's got something magic about him. And when he wants, he can turn it on. I mean... I was at the Shrewsbury game when he scored a really good goal to win us it when it looked like we weren't going to get anything um, against lower league opposition. He came up with a, with a good, you know, strike from range with his right foot, and he does have ability. It's undoubted. You don't make it at Manchester United if you don't have something about you. Um, but we've got to take into consideration the fact that his last club, Dortmund, sent him back because his application was poor. And I think when you're a team like Sunderland who are going to struggle and win all that that's what we're in for this season and we, we probably knew when we brought him in nobody was under any you know, false illusions and nobody thought that Yanazai was walking straight into a team who were going to compete in the middle of the table which is probably the type of team he needs he needs to be playing somewhere where there's less pressure on him to defend where he's going to see more of the ball in the attacking third rather than on the edge of his own box because that's not what type of player he is he's a flair player but it doesn't really matter he's here and he has to muck in, he has to give his all. And it's strange you see all these little behind the scenes videos on the on the club YouTube channel and there was what it stood out to me actually at the training day with the kids and stuff. Yannis I looked quite involved and he was smiley and he is on all these videos. He looks quite like a, a happy, you know, decent enough person around the club. Um, but when you see him on the pitch he doesn't look awesome Now I don't know what it is with him, to be honest. I don't know whether Moise has maybe running out of patience with him now because he hasn't been starting since he came back from injury. When whereas before he was injured, we were sitting questioning, going, "Well, do you think there's a chance that it's in his agreement that he's got to play or something?" That, that, that was the excuse we were given for it. We were we were kind of thinking, "Is he playing because we we'll have to?" Obviously, that's not the case because we've seen that uh, we've seen that he sat on the bench for the last four or five games or whatever. And Moyes clearly is having second thoughts. But for me. January comes around, regardless of whether he's he's taking any wages up or not, he has to go well, back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Simple as that for me. If we, he does, if we yeah. I mean the,
4: I was I was just going to say, I mean, Janazai, he's he's one of the least competitive and competitive players I've ever seen play, and he's not. I, I, people say he's he's special and he's got this talent. We've seen a million technically gifted players like Janazai amount to nothing, and he's. You know, we've seen like Adel Terapt, Ravel Morrison. You know, Rodwell. look at where Bentner is now, Jack, <laughs> Jack Rodwell. You know, there's been loads <laughs> of these that. players. <laughs>
0: there have been
4: loads of these players who who they've got talent, but talent is only a part of what you need. And he does not want to work hard. He doesn't want to improve. He looks like the sort of player who gets on thirty grand, forty grand a week, and thinks that'll do me. Thank you very much. No need for anything more. I'll just live off this brief showcase of ability that I did until I retire and you don't need to you don't need to be interested in football or experienced in, in watching football to to see that he's just not interested he's walk, you know he's there's just so much self entitlement mm-hmm. to him and and he and he walks he walks around on the pitch and you can see when there's a 50-50 a couple of seconds before the 50-50 tackle you can see him pause and think hang on is this worth it for me is this worth me going yeah, into we'll this say, and then he kind of yeah. like that. yeah
1: yeah, so, again, yeah he
4: kind of goes he he kind of pauses and then he thinks Oh, well I, I may as well go in and then by that point he clearly goes off oh, too late now anyway and pulls out and he he just doesn't want to roll his sleeves up he doesn't want to scrap for the yeah. club and so the club shouldn't waste any more time or money on him if there's a get out clause in that in in his loan deal we need to take it and we need to move on to someone else i yeah. i have got i've got less than no time
3: for him well, from I mean, what he, i've seen i'd completely agree like he's sure. i he's just he, he couldn't fight his way out of the paper bag i've said it in multiple podcasts like yeah. I have got all the time in the world for players who maybe lack a bit of ability but give their all. But I've got no time whatsoever for players with self entitlement who think they're above the club. And that's all I get from my the thing about it
1: is even like some very valid points all been raised. Like as Tom said, if he's free, then it's good to have that free body there, isn't it, in the team? But separately, like Gav says, um, I mean, especially when you consider that Yannassai is actually getting chosen by Moyes over other fit and more capable players, like Casri, for example, still God knows what's going on between those two, um, is it worth it? Even if we aren't paying him anything, is it? would it be a good idea? I mean, it's not to say that Moyes is going to agree with us, but technically speaking, you could say, even if he is a free player, he's taken up a slot, and that slot could be filled by somebody who actually cares. And back to what Gavin said about seeing him for the under-23s the other day, I wasn't at the match, but I watch the training, like on Periscope, I watch the training live, uh, the warm-up, sorry, and everyone else is sprinting, everyone else is running, everyone else supplying themselves, and he's just walking, he's just strolling between cones, looked like he couldn't care less, just didn't want to be there, do you know what I mean? And I've seen him do that so many times, so yeah, I think we're all of a general consensus that he's uh, he's crap and needs to go back.
4: <laughs> I mean, yeah, Gav, Gav was saying like he's he's got a smile on his face around the place, I'd have a smile on my face if I was on forty grand and yeah. just into the cones. <laughs> exactly you know what I mean? Nice. <laughs> like, it, 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 I, I, don't know. He's, he's just. I mean, it, how much, how much impetus is there? Like, Moyes has every reason to want to play him, to want to start him. He's Moyes' guy. Like, Moyes has raved about him. There's, there's vacancies in wide positions, and there has been all season for him to play. Now. If if Moyes have, has every reason to play him, and yet he's 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 clearly unwilling to, what does that say about Adnan Januzaj's application and attitude during the week? I think it speaks a. Lo- I think it speaks volumes, and it's quite damning. So you know, I, I think we should re- we should definitely read into that. That Moyes, even though Moyes is like we said loyal, and and uh, and he trusts certain players, and he likes he likes people he knows, he's not willing to start Adnan Januzaj.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's fair that's enough. Cool. <laughs> that that plays it up, isn't it? Um, right. Yeah, think, yeah. look, going back to <laughs> Chelsea. Chelsea on Wednesday. Tom, I'm going to let you fill some of this for me. What I've got... In front, I just did a brief stat look-up. I know it doesn't always mean much, but they're still terrifying to me. Nine consecutive wins in the league, 25 goals scored in those games. I mean, how are we going to cope with a team like that? Also, another question. What do you think about the sort of team that they'll put out? Do you think they'll put out their full league team? Do you think Costa will start against us?
0: I think they'll go as strong as they can. I think they're just desperate to get points on the board and they'll see Sunderland as, as right pickings. And I know we're, we're at home, which is it always a, a positive for the club that we're at home? Sometimes fans can get on, on the players' backs, but I think for me, the, the one moment from the Swansea game that I can say stood out and I thought, oh, this worked, was again when Pickford uh, collected a ball, he pings this beautiful ball out to the right for He brings it down, releases Defoe on the counter-attack, and it was when Defoe, I think it was about 22 minutes, Defoe slams a a left-foot shot over the bar. I think against Chelsea, that could really work because of that weird system they play. They play like a... It's almost a five at the back, but sometimes it's a three at the back with two Roman wingers. Um, I think if you can get Anicibi into some space where one of those wing backs sort of maybe is or isn't there you know sort of it's it's so fluid that there's always gaps in their back line and if you can find an Echiebi in those spaces we can cause them we can seriously cause them uh, problems i think we're quite right to say Kazri has to come back in uh, probably one of the only midfielders we have who can hit the target from outside the box in all honesty and those are the opportunities we're going we're going to get if we play victor enchiebi i think maybe Try and utilise and need to be a little bit more. We 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 didn't play to our strengths against Swansea, and that's something we need to do against um Chelsea. I think Chelsea um <laughs> I really do think they're gonna absolutely mop the floor with us. Because like you said, you know, the stats and just even just sitting watching them, you can see that Conte has them as just such a well drilled team. No European endeavours to distract from the league. I honestly think that I don't think it's going to be an embarrassing game. I think it's going to be one of those sort of routine games where Chelsea come out and win 2-3-0. But if we can use Anicibi effectively, then I do think we have a chance of of at least springing a couple of surprises. And even if we get beat 2-1, 3-1, one, one, and we play very well, we're going to come out of that game thinking, oh, well, positives. You know, that's, that's what we need to aim for at the Chelsea game. I think points are kind of out the question, in all honesty. But if you can come away, sort of thing, and actually... That was a really good performance. It answered a lot of questions that were left over from, from the Swansea game. Then to me, that's it's not as good as a win, obviously, but it's as positive as a win for the fans leaving the stadium.
3: I I see I wouldn't go as far as say points are off the table. Like, you know, I'm the most positive of fans. I, I think, you know, Sodom, we, of course we can get something from that game. Um the main thing all I want to see, as Tom said, is I just want to see some fight. Um, I want to see I want to see I want to see Wabi Kazwi play I want to see I want to see a bit more control in midfield I think the only way we can do that is with someone like Jan Kershaw Um, I think if he plays I think it gives us so much more balance and I think it gives us such a better base for all of our attacks or any attacks we do have I think when you've got when you've got Someone like Denier, there he puts himself about quite well. I mean, he didn't do very well on Saturday, like, but he does put himself about. He's a big lad. He does cover a lot of ground. But Jan Kershoff just has so much quality on the ball. I think he has to start. Um, if he starts, you never know. Why not?
2: What about you, Geoff? I'm gonna. Uh, well, I'm. I'm actually funny. Look, funny enough, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, I'm looking forward to going. I've, I've still got the. Um, the memories from last season fresh in the mind like and that that was a point where we didn't think that we were going to win although um chelsea when we played them last time are a completely different outfit than now um i still think that we can get something from the game regardless of how good they're doing and with jim on that like i think i think that we are capable of anything um providing we take our chances if we took our chances on on saturday we wouldn't have got b 3-0 that's a problem with Sunderland. and we, we don't have enough players confident enough for shooting so I agree Kasri probably has to start for that reason. He's he's um, obviously not a favourite of Moyes but I think if we're going to try and and surprise a team who are going to turn up with a plan a routine plan who they're going to expect to turn up here and win pretty comfortably put it that way um, we need to have a couple of Mavericks in there who want to get, try something different and that might be Kasri and I think um, the safe option would be to continue with what he did uh, at the weekend but the problem is obviously that Ndong's missing so it now means that he's got to shuffle the pack again which he probably doesn't want to do, he probably wants to even when we're getting beat try and keep a team together who can get a run of games I think that's been our issue all season really Um, but for the Chelsea game I think he's got to get Kirchhoff back in the team He's um, he's got to think about maybe freshening up the wide areas, and I don't mean um, not playing an each of you For I think that's he's our out ball. What I do think though is that he's got to move him back the left hand side because it was patently obvious at the weekend that playing him on the right was just ineffective. It didn't get the best out of him. It didn't get the best out of Van Aanholt. Um, and first and foremost, just turn up with a bit more of an idea about what we're doing. I think having seen us play so well in four or five games um, to then change it away at Swansea and the players who had been playing well in that system previously just look kind of lost. Go back to what we're good at. Let Chelsea come at us if they need to but at the end of the day as long as we give our all um, points are not off the table for me. Points are off the table. Of course it isn't. Like, I mean, what... look, why
3: we've done this many and many a season before I mean if we get anything against Chelsea it's a bonus I mean you look at is it Watford the game after I mean that's the game we all look at and think right we're probably going to have to get three points from that and I think that was the game that Fabio Berrini has been looking at and thinking that's the game that's got to be my marker that I want to be fit for that game I want to be hit the ground running for that you know Um, I, I, I Chelsea have been fantastic this season but if we can get you know um, Victor and Echebi into um, into compromising positions, I mean, who who are Chelsea's fullbacks? Well, I mean, because we've had a lot of joy this season, haven't we, with Victor and Echebi overpowering their fullbacks? Is that an area well, where we can that, kind we of take advantage the against Chelsea? They're play, play 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 playing. They're playing the sort. Mark Was he injured?
1: He's not injured, is he? Yeah.
4: <laughs> so they're, they're they're playing a sort of three four three at the minute, where their fullbacks are pushing on. They've got Moses and Alonso wide, and then they've got the three centre backs with Aspillaqueta on the right hand side, and and uh, I think it's Gary Cahill on the on the left, and David Luiz in in the middle. So I think if you just put need-to-be on Aspillaqueta, because you know he's the he's the shortest of the three, and he's he's the least natural sort of centre back. So he is he is a fullback by trade. So. I would say that that would be an option for us to go for. We're going to need everything to go our way if we're going to get anything out of it. We're going to need Chelsea to to miss some chances. Um, We're going to need Pickford to have another great game. Um, The individual errors are going to have to be cut out um, and we're going to have to sort of um, not give the ball away in our own final third and in our own half, particularly. Um, You know we'd all we'd like Moyes to swallow his pride a bit and play Kasri. Whether that'll happen, we don't know. But I think it's important as well that we have a proper shift from from Patrick Van Arnold. Um you know to he'll he'll have his hands full defensively, but um hopefully he can get up the pitch as well and, and support uh need to be on the left hand side and, and he can make make Chelsea maybe think twice. Um, but you know they've been playing so well and and, and Costa looks unplayable. Uh, you know they've got a really good system. They've got good balance, and and Matić and Kante have been dominating the ball in midfield. Um, so whoever we play there, I think it's going to be an uphill struggle for us to really control the ball at all. So I think, like like Gav said, we need to go back to back to basics. We need to we need to go back to what was working, um, and we need to use the uh intelligently. Um, and uh, and I think if we do that and and things go our way. Um, and everyone sort of cuts out the individual errors, and everyone puts in a really good shift. And 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 you know, it's ninety minutes of of that. Then anything can happen. It is football, and it is Sunderland. But um, you know, it'll it'll be a it'll be a a big t- big test, definitely.
2: Does anyone think a Pinar will, will play start again? Yeah, <laughs> I think he yeah, 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 probably, probably will. God, that's depressing. <laughs> God, away, like <laughs> we, we all know what we're in for, don't we? I mean, I mean, thing is though, right? Thing is though, right? You've got to, you've got to kind of like look at it objectively and think like I can see why Moyes rates him because over many years he's proven himself um, as a as a top class player. Effectively, he didn't get he's a move to football, Spurs for Spurs for yeah. But the issue really is that it's it's actually I kind of view it the same way as, Jan as I, I know know Pino is obviously a lot more committed and he's a lot more um, vocal, and obviously he's got an experienced head on his shoulders. But he's a bit like a luxury player that you can't afford. I know it's a cliche, but like last week against Leicester, when he was allowed time on the ball, he looked fantastic. But against teams that weren't going to allow you the ball, what is the point in them being on the pitch? And like Chelsea. Chelsea's midfield of Matic and Kant here, they're going to eat him up. Like, he won't touch the ball. It's totally, it, there's no point in him playing, really. Because if we're playing with PR, it's going to be like playing with 10 men. It's, you kind of say the same. Sorry, go on.
3: I was going to say, do you, but do you think anyone other than PR is going to have that much more effect than than him? Do you think, like, if Larson comes in, he's going to be that much better than Stephen PR? I, mean, I mean, we all love Seb Larson. He gets about the pitch a lot more, but. Against Kante and Matic, I mean it's I think I think I think Gav's right
4: though in terms of out of possession. Yeah. You would you would rather have someone like Larson than someone like Pinar because Pinar's abilities are best demonstrated in possession. Out I of possession. Out of possession is, is positioning. Is, he doesn't read sort of uh the like his defensive responsibilities too well. Um I, I, I think I think uh I think he's bang on really that um that when you, Leicester Leicester City last season, everyone was talking about how low their possession was, how low their completed passes were, and yet top of the league, scoring goals, you know, playing decent football, but they had what's one of the lowest possession stats in in the league, and this season, they're not any different in that that respect. So, you know, Pienaar looked good in that game because we had more of the ball and and they were quite willing to let us have it. Um, It's just their game plan didn't work. Against someone like like Chelsea, you, you you've got to question whether Pinar is going to be is going to be shown up, and and what we've seen so far this season is that um, he most likely will be. Uh, as long as Jack just,
3: Rodwell's not playing, eh? Do
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing is, though, lads? I'm I'm quite glad, really, that we've came on the other night and we haven't we haven't ripped strips off them because um, straight after kickoff it was. Well, sorry, straight after full-time, I was I was properly gutted because like, I, I thought we were going to get something. And uh, as we all were, you know, we were all gutted with the same... We are all, all expecting at least something from that game, and we didn't. And it was was the manner of the defeat as well, wasn't it? It wasn't the way we've seen them play in recent weeks. So I'm, I am quite glad that we've came on the night and we haven't tossed strips off them because perspective is needed. Someone mentioned at the top of the show, and I think that's, that's a good point to to sort of summarise it on as well is that at the end of the day we haven't we haven't played too badly recently and even if we don't win against Chelsea that's still three wins from six you know which is still good form and we've got Watford at the weekend as well and it, and it means and it means at least that if we can carry that on and and Moy said it best actually he said after the after the Leicester game that we need pockets of form like this to keep us up and um, I'm guessing by which he meant, you know, if we're gonna go two or three games where we don't win, we need to then follow that up with back, back victories, you know. And then you look at our fixtures coming up over Christmas and they aren't too shabby to be honest. Yeah. So No, they're not.
3: I mean you look at nah. them and you think I mean obviously we've got we've got Watford after Chelsea. I mean that's I I mean, I think it's a it's not a must win, but I mean it's it's certainly a winnable game. They did have a good they did have a good result the weekend against Everton, but they're in no great shakes. Um, so that's certainly a winnable game. We've got United away on Boxing Day. Anything can happen at United this season. I mean, they are starting to look a bit more solid, but I certainly don't feel that intimidated going to Old Trafford anymore. Um, then we've got Burnley. Um, and, you know, Burnley, they, they're they a tough team to break down Um at Turf Moor, but, you know, they don't score that many goals, do they? And I would like to think that, you know, if we want to stay in this league, we could give them a good game. Mm. Burnley will stay up this season,
4: guaranteed. You reckon? I'm I'm a big, big fan of Sean Dyche, Um And yeah. I, I think, I think that, their their home form will will keep them up. I, I think that Burnley have been underestimated by a lot of people this season. And and one thing you can't deny about them is that they are a team and they work incredibly hard and they know their jobs and they play for their manager. And I I I would be amazed if they go down well, this we season. Have, we have, so really you think
3: that you think down that down maybe, maybe like that would be great for us? Yeah, <laughs> but maybe. It's fingers
1: but like, off, I, let's pray that they do. On those, on on a separate yeah, night, absolutely. I'm yeah, a separate night, just to round <laughs> this off. We obviously got some news this week, uh, an official statement from the club, telling us that Umvir wouldn't be joining in January. Um, like so many people mourn across Wearside. Wearside mourns. Um, yeah, what Gaff,
2: what do you make of that, mate? This whole saga that's dragged on for far too long. Just glad it's over. I'm just glad it's over, to be honest. I think, it, I think the, the correct steps were taken by the club. Um, they knew what sort of shitstorm they'd face if they didn't. Give it, you know some recognition because everybody had pinned their hopes on well not everybody but a lot of fans had pinned their hopes on us agreeing this fabled pre-contract which we couldn't have even signed anyways um, but that's another story uh, but people had pinned their hopes on MVR at least coming in January so for the club to come out and say look um, what kind of, it was in in basically it was we tried our best and. He didn't want to come, so that's the end of it. Uh, and still, people thought that was a stick to beat the club with. When in truth, uh, we don't have the money to pay somebody like him because he's now playing every week for Kazan, who are going to <clears> offer him a deal which is as good as the one he's on, which is apparently a hundred grand a week. Now we can't afford to pay a player that. He wasn't that good. Sorry, like, but he, I really did like Yan and Vian. I want them to come to Sunderland, but there's no way in hell I'd be paying him a hundred grand a week. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad it's over with We've got we've got bigger fish to fry in January Namely, filling positions that need to be filled uh, Jan and is not going to score us five goals Between January and the end of the season Which is what we need from him Whoever was signing as a midfielder um, So, yeah, glad it's over it's
0: with like It's like, it's I'm kind of disappointed in the way some people have been going on On social media about it all, I mean what more do they want from the club? <laughs> we know we're skin. We know we've got no money, and you want to throw money at another sort of holding midfielder or a box-to-box midfielder, which we have an abundance of. You know, like Gav said, Jan Vela's not going to come in and cure us of our woes. We we need somebody who can play in that final third of the pitch. We maybe need to look at trying to get some quality out, out on the on the on one of the wings and another defender just to, to bolster the numbers. You know, why would we throw money at Jan and Vela? What's what's he going to bring to the team? That someone like Jan Kirchhoff brings already, you know. And, and Villa's not some magical remedy. And uh, I'm, I'm just pleased the club have been really open with us about it. You know, like they said, there was they offered him terms for January. And obviously that isn't a, a pre-binding contract. That's, OK, Jan, when your contract ends, like, we could offer you this. And he's like, OK, I'll mull it over. Decides Kazan are going to offer him more because he, he's happy playing there again. I mean, the, the reason he left Kazan was he fell out with the manager. Manager's not there anymore, so he's he's happy where he's at. He's getting paid a ludicrous amount of money to play in the arse end of nowhere in the freezing cold. Let him. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can find we can find somebody else who's going to come in half the wages and do just as good a job. You know. So yeah, I think. It's,
1: yeah, and f- piss off and don't come back. Yeah, <laughs> that's that was, Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's exactly. It's more. Uh-huh. It's,
4: yeah, it's more what he represents. I think it's more what Jan and Vila represented, which was. Um, <laughs> you know yeah
3: yeah hope and, and for a lot and, uh, of fans that's what it was isn't it
4: yeah I, I think it's you know people when when you when you think about your club signing players a lot of people uh, just don't think about the sort of the business side of things they don't think about the money they just think mm. that's a player who who was good very good for us he looked like he wanted to come and uh, and and it's frustrating and 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 when you when you as a fan you can't help but get attached to certain players. And he won't be the last um, for for this to happen, um, and you know we'll move on and we'll get over it, and and uh, and the club will will still exist and we'll we'll still be fans of the club, and it's it but it's just frustration because Jan and was more than just a player; he was sort of so popular and he was this kind of cult figure, and and uh, and and he represented like the the sort of the battle, and he was involved in that in a, in our. A, in our escape last season, and and it just it, it's another one of last season. It's another memory of last season, sort of gone. And I think that's more of what it represents, just that kind of frustration. But we'll move on, and 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 I'm sure we'll we'll get over it in yeah, no time.
1: and the rest, as they say, is history. I suppose. Um, now we look forward only to Chelsea on Wednesday. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us at the Roker Report. Uh, thanks to you lads for being here. Don't forget to subscribe to Acast and iTunes. Um, hopefully we can bring you some better news next week. Until then, take care. This is the Worker Report signing up. Bye now.
2: Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it
4: pays to be extra.